Mr. Pop. Good God, Dr. Hook had two songs in the top ten. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the Rock and Roll podcast. The podcast where you lovingly described at the beginning as, you know, countdown meets world of sport in a drive through bottle shop. And not a lot's changed. But it's so nice to sit in a, in, a, in a sort of radio stroke podcast type atmosphere with Mark Fine and Brian Mannix and myself and actually not be at a funeral. Hello gents, how are you? I'm not at a funeral, Kev. Good, because <laughs> that's that's where you run into most people these days that you sort of have known for yeah. years. It's one of those. Catch you at the next funeral. Yeah, See you yeah. there. Yeah, exactly right. Hello, Finey. How are you? Not bad. Every second week now on the St Kilda funeral. We'll talk about that oh, later. Oh, yes, we will. Yes, we will. Gee, the footies, uh, look, and I can be cocky and fine and all that because my side hasn't been beaten yet, but that'll come. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it does It does permeate your, your mood for the week. Does it Does it have a still have a big effect on you, Brian, or does that kind of wear off after Saturday night? No, it's, you start the week off right, <laughs> oh, team loses. It's just a dreadful way to start the week, especially if they get killed. Right. And my mob got killed. And so it's yes. a bad start to the week. And it's it, uh, and I can only imagine, Finey, does Thursday night make it easier to get through the weekend or does that actually make it harder? Oh, that's worse. That's like, you know, stakes are higher because if you win, you have a great weekend. And if you lose, every football game is a nail in the coffin. Yeah. Okay. All right, there's lots to talk about outside of football, and we will get to footy and to our footy tips. We, we all had a reasonably good tipping week, I have to say, but we'll get to that shortly. A few little bits of business. Um, we had the had the funeral of Prince Philip. Did did either of you watch any of that? I taped it. Oh, you did not. <laughs> so I can watch it again. <laughs> I watched it about four times. And what was your favourite bit, Brian? Uh, look, I think the whole thing was great. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought... They could have had a few more slow-mo replays in a few times, right. I thought, and and I thought that Bruce McAvaney would have uh, commentated it a little bit better. Him and Dennis Cometti should have done the uh, voiceover. Right, okay. Uh, yes. Did you see any of it finally? What did you make? You, uh, <laughs> is the monarchy finished? Is the monarchy dead and buried just about? And I don't mean that in a horrible, you know, way. No, I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. And no, I think that... The molecule fight back, it always does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's it's a fairly resilient bunch of people for you know, for all, all their all their faults and all their all the other stuff that's go, goes on in their lives, they've they, it's a, been a fairly resilient uh, dynasty, I guess is the best way. The other one that I wanted to, to uh, make note of, um, uh, the passing of Andrew Peacock, who died at the age of eighty two. Uh, I, I did note that the bombers wore black armbands on uh, the game on the weekend to acknowledge the fact that he was a mad keen Essendon support. Did you run into him at the footy at all, Brian? Uh, no, but I ran into him um, when he was going for Prime Minister. All right. Um, I, I was the patron for uh, Deafness Foundation or something. Yeah. And he came and did a bit of a nod to that, and I had to introduce him at some other thing, and I also interviewed him on Live Aid. All right. So I... I had a little bit to do with Andrew Peacock, and um, I was always very impressed with the guy because he didn't treat me like I'm an idiot. 
Yeah. And we, as we all know, I am an idiot, but he didn't treat me like one. <laughs> no, you're not an idiot, and he, he did. He, he treated people with respect, I have to say. Um, I had a little bit to do with him. I, one, he, had a, he actually had a really good sense of humour. We, we had uh, – he ran against Hawke in that, in that famous election that Hawke won. Um, yeah. And uh, I think I think he lost the Liberal leadership, and you know it all sort of fell over after that. But we, uh, I was doing breakfast at uh, Triple M at the time with the D Generation, so we uh, we had them both in because you know they wanted to get the youth vote. So they both came into our breakfast show on separate occasions. The entourage, I couldn't believe this. I'd never seen anything like. It. I'd seen rock bands tour the world and never seen entourages like I saw for the. the Peacock entourage uh, and the and the Hawk entourage. So the, uh, Bob was on first and then uh, about two days later we had Andrew on. So Andrew came on and Graham and the Colonel, which was Santo Chilaro and Rob Sitch, uh, did the interviews with both of them or sat in on the interviews with both of them as Graham and the Colonel. So they said to uh, Andrew, first up, first question, he gets in the building, he, he shakes hands, kisses babies, does all that stuff, sits down, go, okay, Andrew, you're ready to go. I did the introduction. Graham and the Colonel asked him, said, look, we think it's only fair, uh, Andrew, that we ask you the same questions we asked Bob. And Andrew said, yeah, well, that seems fair enough in an election campaign that you would you would do that. No, fine. That, that, I'm, I'm happy with that. Go ahead. So, so Santo's first question was, so how's Hazel going? <laughs> and Andrew, Andrew, to his credit, pissed himself laughing and uh, the interview finished up being really quite hilarious, actually. So he, he's got a, he got a sense of humour. So uh, sad passing there at the age of 82. Do you have anything to do with him at all, Finey? No, no, just sort of knew of him as the honourable member of Kuyong, which was, that's always the unlosable seat for a member of the Liberal Party, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It's uh, the blue the blue Raban seat. And, and the other one that I wanted to mention is a sad passing, someone who had a, a lot to do with uh, with all our, our lives growing up. Felix Seller passed away uh, during the week. And I know, Brian, you're a massive Felix Seller fan. I know you, Finey, as well. Um, we've mentioned Felix on the program many, many times and uh, very sad to see uh, Felix's passing uh, during the week. Who's Felix Alley? Felix Seller? Oh, Brian. Yeah, who, who is, what? Cousin It. Oh, he just only just died? Yes. Fuck, he must be 120. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it was actually someone who was quite young who played the role of, of Cousin It because it was only a little tiny weeny little body, remember? Just Dude, you'll be telling me that Doris Day's not well, dude. Oh, Brian, sorry, but... Doris has passed. What? Doris is dead. <laughs> right. This week just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> God, you're an idiot. Oh, goodness me. Uh, now, um, I wanted to ask about your television viewing for the last week. Well, hang, on, hang on. Uh, hang on. What? I was very upset with the passing of Felix. Oh, cousin it. You bet. Big Adam's family fan. Well, just a couple of words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, cousin, it lives. There you go. In the body of Mark Fine. That's very good, Finey. I've forgotten cousin, it actually did have a, well, I suppose a semi speaking role. Um, yes. Yeah, very good. Uh, it was a great episode where cousin, it slowed down. Oh, really? really? And his voice was, well, hello, dear. How are you? <laughs> uh, that was a bench show, was it not, at the Adams Family? The more you think about the things they did on that show, it was so bent. Yeah. 
Good on it. Yeah. People sort of think it's a bit silly, but I've got to say that, especially John Ashton, a great comedian. He's oh, looked, yeah. Those sideways glances with those googly eyes. I found it very funny. Yeah, no, so do I. So do I. And when you watch it back now, you can see him playing for the jokes, which you, which you probably didn't pick up when you were a kid looking at it. But he's yeah, no, very clever, very clever. And um, yeah. what's his name? The uncle. He was. He was. I thought he was hysterical. Uncle Fester. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. Uncle Fester was fantastic. And I think Uncle Fester might have been the one who lived the longest out of all, well, obviously, apart from Cousin Ed, who lived the longest out of all of them and, and had like a, um, he had like a theatre restaurant or something. He was in westerns and stuff before oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I reckon you've confused Uncle Fester with Grandpa. Because Grandpa had the restaurant. Oh, hang on, you're right. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right, fine. It was the Munsters. Yes, you're right. It was the Munsters, Blake. Yeah, it was too. Uncle Fester had the light bulb shop. <laughs> 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 well, he, was, he was a famous child actor, Jackie Keegan. Yes, he yeah. was, yeah. And Caroline Jones was quite the leading lady before um, getting uh, the, the role as Morticia. She was the lead in uh, King Creole with Elvis. She played a prostitute. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. Yeah, and, um, oh, what's the guy? You know, uh, Walter Matthau was the mafia bloke that ran at the Pinter. Wow. He's yeah. a good King Creole. Elvis was bad in that, and he ran off with the prostitute. Was that one of Elvis's good films? Yep. Yeah, it's one of his first four. Oh, okay. And it's, it's pretty good. Pretty good film. Okay. Now, let's talk about uh, television, because all the big Monster shows are either just finishing or just starting. Like Maths is now finished officially, Brian. I believe that's the, that's now that's done. Yeah, thank God. Now, they're done, mate. Now who's going? Who who out of that cast of Maths is going to turn up either on a uh, another reality show as a breakfast presenter on a radio program uh, as a, or as a host of um, you know like the news maybe? Or hang on, or on the news as one of the news items. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and that's probably close to the mark. Um, they, did they all finish up cheating on each other and uh, just all fall down a little well of uh, into a den of iniquity? Um, well, Bryce was going to go off and him and his girl were looking to have a baby in the next 12 months. But, you know, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that'll happen. But, um, yeah, some of them were going to go off and try and make it work and others were, weren't and... Oh, I don't know. Really, six years. Right. Once the show's finished, that's it. You, you're not invested in their long-term future, are you? No, it's like worrying about Essendon playing whoever they played last week and got smashed by. Yeah, Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, Joe Danaher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Dancing with the All-Stars seems to have petered out into a, you know, a who cares kind of uh, situation, I think. Um, well, no. Tony Mockbell's on next week, and uh, <laughs> so, so is Greg Donald Savage. So that should be something to look forward to right. on the show. Um, apparently, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's all a bit rushed. And Daryl, I don't know about Daryl. Daryl sort of thinks it's hey, hey, Saturday still. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, well, no, Tony Mockbell's going to be in Lego Masters. He's building a prison set for them. And oh, okay. Working, working out how he can. That's the, that's the most logical fit for where he goes. Um, no, the, I don't. The cast has been named for SAS, the next series of SAS, which, of course, had famously had Chappelle Corby in the last one, remember? Yep. 
So here's the cast of the new one, Finey. There's some names in here that I know you'll be absolutely enthralled and thrilled that they've got a, uh, a reality TV gig. Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, Sam Burgess, the rugby league, the English rugby league player, he's in. Yeah. He's in the news a lot. His wife was in the papers over the weekend again too. Um, Heath well, Shaw is in Finey. Has he got the mental illness? Who? Which is the mature that... No, that's Reese. That's Reese. Oh, okay. Yeah, Reese is at the Gold Coast, uh, uh, coaching on the Gold Coast. Now, Heat's got a, right. a little TV gig in Melbourne with uh, Daisy Thomas, and he's uh, writing, I think, for the papers and doing some other stuff. A bit of a character, uh, the old Heath Shaw, isn't he, Finey? Yeah, he is a bit of a character. He's all right. Yana Pittman. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing him drop out of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, Yana Pittman. Now, there's someone that uh, uh, I think in her heyday there was a lot of people would have liked to have seen her dropped out of a plane. Yeah, who was the girl she was always fighting with? Tamsin Lewis. Yeah, it. No, Tamsin Lewis is an actress, isn't she? No, that's Tamsin Walton who's married to Rove. Right. Right, she's not right. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tamsin Lewis and Yana Pittman. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't that an annoying little feud? Yeah, well, they haven't got Tamsin in to do that because Tamsin's doing the Olympic Games for Channel 7. But you know who they have yeah. got who can play the role of Tamsin Lewis in this? They've got, Bri- they've got you'll love this one, Finding. They've got Bryn Edelston. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> in an SAS program. Yep. Well, at least he's got sort of, I don't know, what would you say? He's got inbuilt. What, what are the things that go off when you crash Flo- the car? Flotation Air devices. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Green Edelstein. Yeah. Ruth. <laughs> she, she used to go out with Jeffrey Edelstein, and for that she's famous. Yep. Yep. And, and that Kylie Clark on the dance thing, she's not even with Michael Clark anymore. No, she's not. Well, what's she doing on the show? She's got no claim to fame. Well, that's a question you'd have to ask the producers of that show. The same question you ask the producers of SAS. Now they have they have dragged out a few uh, big sporting names. Mark Philippoussis, yeah. fresh from his uh, appearance on The Masked Singer, is now going to be in this SAS. Well, he will be one of the first off. Yep, uh, Kerry Pothast, half of our uh, Kerry Pothast, half of our gold medal winning Olympic uh, Games volleyball. volleyball team, beach volleyball team. Or Natalie Ooh. Cook. Kerry's a terrific girl. She's a very nice girl, Kerry. Uh, John, John Stephenson, remember him? Yeah, I did Celebrity Apprentice with him. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's mad, and, as, mad as a cut snake, isn't he? Yeah, one of my favourite memories of him was him asking Rob Mills about Paris Hilton. Oof. Uh, <laughs> he's going to Mills, he's going. He hangs out in LA a lot, so he's kind of got a bit of an American accent, but he's like, Bill Millsy. Was it a one night beatdown or what? And then, <laughs> then, off, then off it went from there, and oh god, I laughed my head off listening to that little exchange. Was it a one night beatdown? Okay. Was it a one night beatdown? Yeah, <laughs> I, I've never heard the expression before. No, neither have I until now. <laughs> I think it was did you con it on in one night or did it take you two? So, so he's very keen to find out whether. When he met Paris Hilton, it was a one-night beatdown. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, Alicia Mollick's going to be on it as well. So they've uh, Grant Hackett apparently knocked him back. 
So, um, right. There's the SAS thing, which I must admit I didn't watch. I watched the promos of the last one and saw, I think it was the Honey Badger and Chappelle Corby and uh, David Warner's wife, and I just went, oh, no, I'm not going to put myself through that. Would you be like I reckon Brent, I reckon Brent Edelstein might be a one-night beatdown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, yes. Okay, there's the I promo. Tell you, I tell you what. Yeah. Carl Williams would be kicking himself with his dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, dancing with cows. Roberta Williams is going on Dancing with the Stars. Didn't she do it? I've got, got a vague idea she did, you know. Yeah, she did. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Ah, goodness yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, obviously the casting agents stand outside, um, you know, instead of the where they used to have all the cameras there ready uh, to film people as they were leaving the lockup, now they actually have them sign contracts for reality shows. For yeah. Something different. And we've got uh, lots of promos. You would have seen these. Lots and lots of promos for the weakest link with Mag- Magda Sabansky. Um, sure. Getting ready to uh, – to, that's coming into our lounge rooms in the next well, couple of weeks, I think it is. Why do they keep recycling these old shows? Like Big Brother, that's failed on every network, and now it's having another go. The weakest link, that's sort of, we've been there, done that. Well, a real lack of imagination by these TV producers. Well, I think the weakest, I'm not sure where the weakest link's going to go. I haven't quite worked out where it fits in the scheme of things because it's basically just a quiz show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, you know, it's like it's like a... Another sort of version of hard quiz or one of those ones. I'm not quite sure where it's going to go or how it fits in the scheme of things. Stand up version of Millionaire Hot Seat. Yeah, pretty much. And instead of yeah. saying thanks for being with us and, uh, you know, enjoy your Valentine's chocolate and your Patra orange juice, um, Magda just says, piss off, you've gone. Yeah, you are. Yeah, simple as that. So, yeah, not exactly terribly imaginative. I must admit, man, MasterChef's back, which I will be watching because I love watching MasterChef and it, I think it's going to be terrific, this series. No, I all the cooking is too hard now. Well, it's I have all, to say, got- I watched episode one last night and uh, the chances of, you know, uh, the galloping uh, gutsometer here um, being on MasterChef went out the door when I saw who they gave the aprons to because I wouldn't I, I couldn't even describe the food that they were doing. It was it, it's so far above anything that you could possibly imagine a, a normal cook doing. Yeah, that's why sort of the show sort of lost me because it's not something I can sort of do myself or, or learn from. It's just too difficult. Yeah, it is very, it's incredibly technical now. They're all they're all whiz bang and their their dishes look like they've come straight out of the pages of some, you know, magazine somewhere. They are Quite stuff. Straight out of the pages of Hustler. <laughs> no, I don't think that was the magazine. Um, I don't know. I saw, I saw some of that food, Kev. I tell you. <laughs> you eat with your eyes, don't they say that? Yeah, probably do. Yep. So, what else have you been up to this week, Finey? Anything exciting? Uh, nothing too thrilling. There was a fair bit of. Um, <laughs> Football for me to watch for footyology, and yep, I'm trying to think whether anything exciting happened. Oh, my car broke down, and that's been hard to fix. That's annoying, but otherwise, they're getting there. All right, Brian, I'm absolutely hopeless under a car. Under you know, are you mechanic? Are you mechanically minded whatsoever? Absolutely hopeless. Okay, my wife had a captiva for well, 
about 110,000 kilometres. Yeah. And every time I drive, it has to remind me, if you need to fill up, remember it's diesel. Oh. That, that's enough for the mechanical mind I have. I, You know, some guys just love it. They're under the bonnet. I've got a mate that's always, he had his place, all you can see is his ass. And his head buried in the, you know, his head buried somewhere in the engine, and yeah. you just see yeah. what these plumbers crack. Yep, but not me. No, me I neither. Yeah, you know, all of it's to me. I, you know, and someone who grew up in service stations, the family had service stations in the early part of my life, uh, you know, for about 10 years or 15 years or whatever, Dad had service stations. I don't I don't even think I've – well, I've had this car now for, what, 16, 18 months. I've never popped the bonnet on and, and I probably never will in the whole time I have it. That's that's not my go. Won't ever happen. Very different. How about you, Brian? I don't have a car, but um, I'm not very – I can change wheel good um, and I can check the oil. And I can check the radiator and the water, and I can fill up the windscreen wiper. But that's about it. You're you're absolutely you're qualified to um to to run a Bob Jane team out on that. All right, all I will. <laughs> hey, dude, that's interesting. Changing a wheel. Have you gone to change a wheel in a modern car in the last say five years? Yeah. You have. Yes. yes. Most most cars don't have a spare tire anymore. Oh yeah, those stupid little half tire things. Yes, or they give you the, this glob stuff, like it's like clag that you um, oh. that you pump into it, and it, it'll get you from you know your front door to the Bob Jane T Mart, and that's and then you're done. Right. Yeah, some of them got these little sort of bullshit wheels now that yes. just it'll do you till you get to the servo. They look like a bicycle tire. And I'll tell you, the jacks on cars, yes, they do. And the jacks on cars have got no better. Oh, no, <laughs> they're shit house. Um, and, they are shit house. And uh, it's all, apparently it's all to do with um, with sort of room and uh, and weight in the car. Well, what are they trying to prove? <laughs> you know, I've paid for the car. I want a spare wheel. Give me one. Yep. No, that's a, that's a, it's a very I, good point. I mean, Ryan. interestingly, I can change a tyre. Yeah. And my car, the Calais, still has a big spare tyre out in the oh, okay. under the boot. Maybe the last of the Mohicans, but um, yeah, I can still change one, and I've still got one, which is good news. Oh, good on you! Because um, I, I certainly don't have one in mine, and I remember I think Sarah got a puncture of some description, and it was one of those things where you went, "There's no tyre here. What what do we do?" So you finish up, you're ringing the RACV or whatever, and getting them to fix it for you. Mm. I, I, yeah, Kevin, you asked, you asked me whether I've had an exciting week. I just remember we have had a bit of excitement here, not the sort of excitement you want. What what happened? Were you broken into? Were you raided, well, raided by wife, cops? Very much, very much so, broken into. Both the wife and I were victims of credit card fraud. Oh, oh. really? Yes. Apparently I had spent $2,629 on a camera from Ted's camera store, and Natalie had purchased a, an electric toy car for over $500 from some mob out at Mr. Field. Oh, wow. Now, not the fault of those businesses, but um, apparently somebody had sort of got our numbers, and yes, we've had to cancel cars and speak to the bank and, you know, getting calls from the fraud department at the bank. And oh, the God. You know, it's just another... 
Did, how did you find out, Finey? Did you was it because Nat checked the, the the bill or you checked the bill or did did you someone ring you or how did you find out? No, we sort of well, I'll be honest, you couldn't take two thousand six hundred and twenty nine dollars out of my account without me knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that stood out like a sore thumb. Yep. And then Matt was sort of alert to any shenanigans going on because the cards were linked and then it appeared on her account. Did they uh, have they tracked the person down? I think they're trying to do so. Um, you know, the bank we're with are on to it, but they're very good. The bank they they sort of take responsibility for it, um, so we get our money back. Yep, yep. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good service. No, that, that is that has changed of recent times, and that is a, that is exactly what banks are there for to protect you. Yeah, so you know, I know that it's easy to have a go at the banks and. Sometimes I do, but that's a pretty good thing, you know, given that I just couldn't afford to lose that sort of money. That's, that's three quarters of everything. And yeah, I know. I'm, with, I'm with you. But, yeah, that money's been returned and I'm waiting for a new car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gee, well, was, well, that'll well, take 17 months. Again, during the week, I got a uh, brand new camera. <laughs> camera store, and I got a uh, remote control car for five hundred bucks. But I'm having a ball. It's anonymously donated into the uh, the B Manix Foundation for some reason. There, there it goes. Yes. Mm. All right, let's have a look. Well, back hey, Brian, you keep up that level of crime, and you'll be on a reality show. <laughs> well, yes, might well do it. Yes. Might well do the trick. Now, uh, before you get on the sport, Ken, yes. I've got to tell you that I did go and see Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, good, a movie review. Here we go. Godzilla versus Kong. Now, as you know, I was very excited about this film. Yes. And, well, it starts off and there's a girl in it who's cast because she looks just like Jacinda Ardern. And right. this movie just doesn't really know what it wants to be. There's a big scene where Kong's strapped to an, uh, a, um, an oil tanker and he's chained to the deck and there's rain and you're in a storm. So they play a sad country song, uh, too long in the wind, too long in the rain. Then suddenly Kong arrives in the Tasman Sea and he must eat just about every fish we've got in that. <laughs> and then there's this little girl who's deaf named Gia and she can sign language with the gorilla and at one point gets King Kong to say, oh, which is really, really bad. It goes to Vic down East T Street. It's got a bit of Jaws in it. It's got um, – it, apparently Godzilla's got a uh, nuclear pulse, which is something to watch out for. Right. And it's got a bit of E.T. It's got a bit of game. They fight the Game of Thrones dragons. There's Star Wars. There's Rocky. And then there's this strange thing where they go through a – a gravity time hole or something, and then Kong's in an alternate, a, a, a different universe with rocks flying through the sky. I didn't really understand that bit. And then later on, there's a Robo Godzilla, which oh. is like a robot version of Godzilla, and it's really the most confusing movie ever. And they should have just, oh, they should have less people in it and just let them fight. And I've got to say, I always thought that Kong would be a dollar thirty-five favourite to win this. I was quite disappointed in Kong's form in the fighting ring in this one. Oh, so 
I'm giving it three stars out of ten. It was shit out. Oh, jeez. Yeah, very disappointing. I was going to say, very disappointing because you were uh, quite um, quite up and about <laughs> with that. You know, they just overcomplicated the story. There was too many people in it. There was spaceships flying around like Star Wars. It was just ridiculous. There you go. I want to guess that something, Brian, a big part I want to guess something about that movie. Oh, yeah? When you went to see it, you had no problem social distancing in the cinema. <laughs> no, it was all pretty good. Pretty uh, pretty straightforward. That's, um, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong. No, no good. There you go. Um, uh, well, we won't be. I won't be um, jumping to see that one anytime soon. He uses an aircraft carrier like a surfboard at one point. It's ridiculous. Oh, really? Yeah, you're standing on the aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean trying to fight Godzilla. Because oh. I would have thought that the people who who were like you, who are into that, would have liked to have seen it as as. And I, this is a, a funny word to use when you're talking about a movie, but as authentic as possible. Uh, a battle between the two. Yeah, well, they just, I think the main battle, uh, there's a little bit of a fight at the start, and then it just went on and on and on, and I reckon about 28 minutes before it finishes, the battle actually gets going. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, can you, can, you, can you understand, Brian, that what I'm about to say isn't supposed to be a criticism of you, but I find it somewhat amusing that you found Kong versus Godzilla silly. <laughs> well, it was a silly enough concept to start with. But they just <laughs> made it even sillier. It well, that's was, what I mean. You know, you were disappointed in the lack of authenticity in Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Well, well okay. it's fine. You know, it's just suspend belief when you walk in through the door of the cinema. You know. Yeah, it's... it's as, a, as I've always said, people people watch Friends and believe that that was believable. Yeah, well, that's true. You know what they should yeah. do? You know they you know the next big blockbuster they should have should right. be Mannix versus Rain or Gaia. Be- because I have a uh, – I, I had sent to me and I'd lost it and then I found it last night when I was looking for something in one of my files in my uh, in my computer – um, a story that was sent to me, which I think must have been in the Melbourne Truth, about one B Mannix. Yeah, is it Melbourne uh, Truth? Yeah, they were good for journalism, yeah, weren't they? Yes, yes, yes. Well, they'd fit really, <laughs> they'd fit really well in today's modern journalism world. Let's be honest. Um, so the the story is uh, headline: Ugly side to charity concerts. Oh, I know it's going. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is this, yeah, is this ringing any bells for you, Bri? <laughs> uh, let it's me, a beat-up over nothing. Yeah, well, exactly, but quite a funny beat-up when you when you get to the guts of it. Here we go. Uh, and you can you can uh, validate or, uh, you know, uh, dismiss. Just read the article, then I'll tell you what. <laughs> okay. Okay. As, and I'm reading verbatim. Pint-sized lead singer for the band Uncanny X-Men, Brian Mannix, said this week that rock stars aren't always charitable, even when they gather together for charity events. He told the rock magazine Duke that he was involved in an ugly backstage incident at the Eat concert, which was held in Melbourne in July to raise money for the Ethiopian appeal. <coughs> he said many of the performers who appeared on stage were very worried that they might be upstaged and attacked young Brian for his energetic performance. <laughs> 
He said some stars were angry when he ran back on stage to collect his jacket because they thought he was playing to the cameras. He said, that's you, singer Renee Gaye was so angry with him that she shirt-fronted him. An Australian crawl singer, James Rain, gave him a good ticking off. (laughs) But he said that didn't worry him because he (laughs) believed he's a better live performer than Rain, who, according to Brian, just stands... um, What's it? Uh, uh, just stand stiffly at the microphone when he sings. And there's a lovely, ah. lovely little picture of you, Brian. Wow. It's been a smart ass back in them days, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I remember Renee Gaya saying to me, listen, Brian Maddox, you're not as good as you think you are. And I just wish I'd been smart enough to say, well, how good do you think I think I am? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, little uh, charity concert gone bad. Wow, it's a bit of a misunderstanding, uh, Kev. Um, well, you're going water on, under the. Well, by the sounds of that, you're going on stage to get your jacket, and everyone thought you'd come back on to steal their thunder. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. I left my jacket on the stage, so I ran back and got it, just waved to the crowd and left. Yeah. And. Nah, that was it. I was upstaging them all, these little fucking bastards. What a prick he is, an arsehole. <laughs> you know. And, and, you know, the thing about it was, was that concert, like the X-Men played at it and gave it, you know, our full show that we always do. Yeah. And with all the other bands, they had, you know, the bass player from Inexcess playing with the drummer from Midnight Oil and they're playing Johnny Be Good and it was all this sort of just jamming and having doing some covers. And um, all that was on TV. So, you know, I thought that at least we did our usual show rather than just have a muck around with some mates. So I thought our contribution was far greater than those that uh, had a bit of a jam. Oh, good on you. What was that? That would have been 84, 85, somewhere around there? 84. Okay. 84, yeah. There you go. Uh, So I don't have – I'm I'm searching for clippings on you, Farney. Don't worry, I'll find some. Oh, they won't start as memorably as that one, though. <laughs> I love that term. I love the term pipe size. Yeah. Uh, all right, boys, let's get the footy because uh, there's a lot, to, uh, as they say in the classics, unpack here. Um, six for Brian last week. Brian, you were going well. Yay. Going well, but uh, you fell over with uh, Hawthorne. You went for Hawthorne and you did pick the Bombers. Uh, seven for you, finally, and seven for me as well. So uh, both got – well, Brian, actually, you tipped Frio. I just realised that. Yes, I did. Yeah, we were – finally, and I both went for Adelaide. So you tipped Frio, and we all got uh, – and finally, you picked the Giants, which was a very good pick in that game against the Swans. Very good. We had our moments. Uh, now, so that means you're still in front on 28, I'm on 27, and Brian, you're bringing up the rear on 22. Yeah. There you go. And we'll get to chart yeah. attack shortly. So let's get to the games this week. And we've got some beauties. It starts the Thursday night footy is finished from the AFL point of view. I think there'll be some VFL football to watch on Thursday nights from now on, on uh, on one of the streaming services, if not on Channel 7 or Fox. I think it's more likely to be Fox. Uh, so we start Friday night in Monica. Uh, in Canberra, Monica Oval, a GWS Giants against the Western Bulldogs. Mr. Mannix, you can lead us off. Uh, Bulldogs for me. Finey? This will be a good game now, won't it? Yeah, um, they're in a will. They don't, like, they, don't the like, they don't like each other, these two. Yeah, I'll go for the dog. 
And uh, I shall go for the Western Bulldogs as well. The Cats take on the Eagles uh, at GMHBA Stadium on Saturday afternoon at one forty-five. Brian, who do you like, Cats or Eagles? Oh, gee whiz. I think the Eagles are a better team. Um, I know it's down at Geelong, but um, Nick Natanil, you just can't beat him in the ruck. Yeah, good call. Uh, what do you think, Finey? You know what? The Cats aren't playing well, but I think they can win this. I'm going to go to Geelong. Yeah, me too. I just think they're, they're not playing well, but they're just they're just doing what they need to do and they'll, they'll come good at some stage. The Gold Coast Suns play host of the Sydney Swans at lovely Metricon Stadium Saturday afternoon, same time as that Cats game. Brian? Oh, I'd love to go for the Suns, but someone said, says I should go for Sydney, so I'll go for Sydney. Yep. Funny? few injuries to the Swans. Bodies, buddies out for a little bit. Um, Tom Hickey looks like he's out for a bit. They've got Heaney out. They've got Rampy out. Um, I'm going to get the upset, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. I'm going to follow you and go Gold Coast as well. Carlton take on the Brisbane Lions. I'll go first and go for the Brisbane Lions. I think they might be back in town. I don't think Carlton are travelling terribly well. Finey? Oh, Joe Carlton, we've got some issues. I'll go for Brisbane. Mr. Mannix. I think Levi Casbolt and Mark Murphy will have a blinder, but mm. it won't be good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Brisbane will win. Right. Uh, this is probably the match of the, the GWS uh, Bulldogs game is a good one, but this is the one probably everyone's, uh, you know, licking their lips about. MCG, Saturday night, Melbourne take on Richmond, Brian. I don't like Melbourne, so, and Dustin's great to watch, so we'll go for Richmond. Yep. Finally, Richmond uh, smacked your boys last week and showed everyone just what they're capable of. They, uh, when they want to turn it on, there probably is none better. Yeah, you know, Melbourne's pretty impressive and both Ben Brown and Sam Wiedemann available and played well in the VFL. Yeah. What a good game this is. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Tigers, though. I think they might see Melbourne as a bit of a rival come September and want to put them in their place nice and early, so Richmond. Yep, I'm the same. And I think uh, Melbourne and the Bulldogs are both un- unbeaten at this stage, but both will lose a game soon. I reckon it, for Melbourne it'll be this weekend. Frio play North Melbourne over at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, I'll just I'll write down Frio here for the three of us. Is, uh, is anyone going to stop me from writing that down? <laughs> no. Nope. Fine, Come on, you're not going to convince me to pick North. <laughs> <laughs> For a minute there, I thought, hang on, he's wavering. He's just, he's wavering ever so slightly. Uh, Sunday, you, know my, you, know, yeah, you know my mate that's got the bet that North will lose half of their games by more than 50 points? Yeah. Well, he's got another bet now oh, that God. Dustin Martin will get more Brownlow votes than the entire North Melbourne team. <laughs> oh, that's cruel. Probably well, I reckon you win that too. I was going to say probably good bet, but cruel. Yeah. Well, he'd be he'd be buying a house in Brighton based on uh, the uh, the fifty points one. He's got that. That one's home, isn't it? I reckon it will get home, no problem. But yeah, uh, yeah the other one, I reckon you'll get that one too. Yeah, he probably will. Sunday's games: Hawthorne play the Adelaide Crows. I'm going for. I don't have a clue. This is in. Uh, this is at the University of Tasmania Stadium on Sunday. Uh, gee was I'm going to go Hawthorne And I don't know why Finey? Well, I'll go for Hawthorne Yep Brian? Yeah I'll have some Hawthorne too please Righto I must Get hurt. the hook on your fork Yes <laughs> Hawk on your fork <laughs> You know that that was the 
the first in Adelaide's first ever game of AFL football. They played horse. They had a giant banner with a crow holding a fork with a hawk on it. Oh. And the banner said, get some hawk on your fork. Oh, very good. And, uh, they, had a, and they had a big upset win. Yeah, they Adelaide. won, they won they by 80 or 90 points, didn't they? Yeah, it was a big win, big, yeah. big surprise. The scud was kicking goals for them. Eddie Hawking. Yeah, that's it. The scud. There you go. All right, Collingwood, Nesson and Brian, what's the, what's the strategy here for your struggling bombers up against the struggling pies? Uh, both have got major outs, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Essendon's best defender, Ridley, is out with the concussion protocol. Oh, right. Collingwood have got no Pagoey, same thing, no how. Yeah, you have to pick a winner in this one. Yeah, it is, actually. It's very hard. See, you, you know, traditionally massive Anzac Day game. It'll be, uh, you know, there'll be a massive crowd there, but I'm not sure they're going to be cheering a lot. I'm going to go Collingwood. I think Collingwood is slightly in better condition than Essendon at the moment. Brian? No, I'm uh, – I know we've injured in that, but I think because we were so bad last week, we'll put in a better effort this week. And I, I've got this made up with the pub. He's an Irish guy. And – he hopes that Essendon thrashes Collingwood because then he reckons Buckley will be just about on his way out. And he hates Essendon, so there you go. But, um, yeah, bombers for me. Bombers. Finey? See, this is hard. I'm going to go for the uh, Magpies. Pies, okay. Collingwood to win there. And last game of the round, it's your team uh, heading to the Adelaide Oval to take on Ford Adelaide. Gee whiz. I can't tip the Saints, Finey. I'm sorry. Just can't do it. What about uh, you, Brian? I can't tip the Saints either. Viney? I can't tip the Saints either. Ooh. <laughs> it's awful when you can't tip your own team, isn't it? But Port Adelaide are very good. All right. No. Now, uh, the, now I, I did want to mention, and we didn't mention it last week, and I did want to mention it, and I'm sure you probably did on Footyology uh, in the latest episode, uh, Finey. Your thoughts on the AFLW Grand Final and uh, the AFLW season and going ahead? Absolute ripping win for Brisbane. Yep. You know, they've lost a couple. They A lot of Brisbane players have been cherry-picked by Victorian teams in recent years. Up against Adelaide in Adelaide. Good crowd of 22-something thousand. And it was a ripping game of football. A couple of spectacular goals by Brisbane early kept them in it. Yeah, that little number 21, that one she kicked on the run uh, yeah. was a beauty. Hodder, her name is. Okay. And the standard's good. It's not men's football, but it's good football, yep. very competitive, and I'm looking forward to the next season. I'm with Craig Stasevich, though, in his press conference after the after the game, he said, because uh, he directed it straight at Jeff Kennett and the Hawthorne people who are pushing like anything to get their team in for next, year's, next season's AFLW season. I'm with him. Slow down. Take your time. It's improved, but don't dilute the talent pool any further by bringing another team in. Uh, you look at um, uh, VFLW footy and, uh, and and that, it's all building nicely. Let it build for another season before you bring any more teams in. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I just think it'll get better and better and better, mm-hmm. but it'll, it's slow increments. It's had a massive jump. Um, really quickly, but now the the actual increments of improvement will probably slow down a lot. So just let it happen organically, if you want to use that term, and and just slow it down a little. But yeah, I agree with you yep. with all the other stuff. 
All right. Uh, I think that's right. Do you mention Nathan Buckley being sacked? Do you have that feeling, finally, that he'll get the sack or he'll see the season out? Oh, he'll definitely see the season out because they don't really have a president-elect. They've got two presidents jostling for the position. Yep. And I don't think either of them or both of them are in the position to lead a board sacking of Nathan Buckley. He'll be allowed to finish out his contract, but there'll be no renewal. Yep. Uh, well, geez, tell you they're fairly ruthless in the old soccer world. Grant Brebner didn't last, uh, you know, much an hour past no. being done seven nil on the weekend, and I see Tottenham have sacked Jose Mourinho or Jose Mourinho this morning. Yep, yeah, yeah, they can be pretty ruthless. But he's on uh, Jose's on twenty million dollars a year to coach Tottenham, and they'd have to pay him out, wouldn't they? Yep. Yeah, and did Manchester United have to pay him out? Yep, and didn't they? He just did, paid out. He gets paid out a lot. Yeah, he does. So I think he's oh, been. I think he got sacked twice by Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah. So, so he, yeah, it's a great job. Just yeah. go in for a couple of weeks, get sacked, pick up twenty mil, go pick up another job, do it a couple of weeks, get the sack, another twenty mil. Yeah. Mate, great he's job. got the he's got the sack more times than the short sighted circumciser. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of circumcision... Oh, where had you... Br- what? <laughs> well, my friend, my hairdresser, I went to her, she's telling me about up in Broadmeadows, they've got the Islamic Circumcision Centre. And the thing about the Islamic Circumcision Centre, it's got all of your circumcision needs. All ages are welcome. So if you're 50 and you feel like getting a bit of a trim, growing back, go up there and get a bit of a trim, and I'll tidy it up for you. And it can come of all denominations. So you can be a Christian, you can be Jewish, you can be whatever you like, and you can pop into the Islamic Circumcision Centre in Broadmeadows. So a little bit of an ad to the Islamic Circumcision Centre. And uh, I, just, I just want to tell you, Brian. Yeah? The hairdresser might have told you about it, but it doesn't grow back. <laughs> Oh, speak for yourself, Barney. I've got to get a bit of a trim every couple of months. (laughs) I was going to say, could you just read us out some testimonials from satisfied customers? Well, I think they've got a really good reputation. Uh, Business is booming. You know, I think the fact that, you know, all religions and all ages are welcome, that's a real plus for business. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a mate of mine who, you know, early 50s, and he said that he was going to get Circumcised. I said, mate, why would you go through all of your life uncircumcised and get circumcised now? He said, oh, because my car needs a new fan belt. Oh. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. oh. All right, uh, let's go to our, let's go. <laughs> let's go to you started that. Anybody fight. need a fan belt for <laughs> VA Commodore? Uh, well, we know finally won't be putting it in. That's for sure. Uh, now, <laughs> not mechanically minded whatsoever. All right, let's get to the charter tech. Now we had this one sent to us. Stephen Reitman, who's right. a, a long time uh, listener and, uh, and and sender of stuff to us, um, sent me this one. Uh, so it's the April. 12, 1981. I'm not sure of the significance of the year or the date or anything in terms from Stephen, but if you uh, if you find a chart that you want to send to us, by all means send us uh, your chart because I discovered this. I didn't realise this. Um, the old 3XY charts, you can actually buy them, pristine versions of them on eBay. And you'll love, really? you'll love this, Mannix. Um, 
Mine, there's one with me on it from 84, I think, 83 or 84. It's at $10. Yeah. It's currently $10 on eBay. A picture of you. A picture of me on a chart. What's well, a chart? But it just happens to have my photo on it because I was obviously on air at 3XY at the time. But it's, a, right. it's at 10 bucks on eBay. How about that? Fantastic. I'm pretty impressed with that. Yeah, so am I. The chart I remember, I remember as a, a young teen, I used to love going to the city. I had a whole ritual going to the city. Um, I collected footy cards. There was a little joint there that had footy cards. And next door to that, there was the only place you could get Cambodian food. Right. I had some of that. And, and I played pinball. But I always, before I got the train home, went to Brasher. Yep. To get the, that's where you get the top 40 chart. And they were a different colour everywhere. Yep, they were. Yep. And you'd know whether or not you have the current chart. And, and you know, that you talk about it with kids at school or whatever. Um, you know, who's on top of who's on top of the top forty? Oh that yeah, I've got the blue chart. Oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Are, are they selling those? I used to love those. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what's on sale on eBay. You can buy all sorts of uh, charts and stuff. So and you and very hard to print them off. Uh, so yeah, I, I wasn't buying any, so I just noticed that last night. There you go. I'm 10 bucks on eBay. Woohoo. Righto. April 12, 1981. Uh, gee whiz, there's some really interesting debut songs in the charts. I'll take these ones out of the equation. Debuting at number 39 on the chart this week. Remember this one? The Quick Hip Shake Jerk. Oh. Shit, <laughs> oh. well, I remember that well. Yeah, me too. That was the alternate title for this program, actually. Shit, shake, right. jerk. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> yeah. I nominate myself not to be jerk. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay. Uh, also debuting Jealous Guy by Roxy Music debuted at number 30. Right. Uh, I reckon I was about to say, finally, that would be one of your faves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Brian and the Thin Mustache. I reckon you would have liked that one too, uh, Brian, because that's a, that's a, um, a Lennon song, isn't it? Well, it's only, yes, it is. It's only four months. Since uh, Lennon died at this point in time. Oh, yes, April 1981, of course. So on December 8th, 1980. There you go. So, so he's Brian Ferry cashing in on John Lennon's oh, death to make but- a quick buck. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gave some of the money to charity, actually. Okay. And the highest debuting single of the week was uh, debuted at number 24, History Never Repeats by Split Ends. Good song. Okay. Uh, now, pick a number, Mr. Uh, Mannix, and uh, then you can sing the song for me. Don't pick seven. Um, don't pick seventeen. Okay, I'll pick um, Toxie from the Bombers, number thirteen. Number thirteen. I- oh, you won't remember this one. Oh, this was a dreadful song too. Uh, little, um, when I say little, a, a a a petite English girl singer called Stephanie Mills. And her song was called Never Knew Love Like This Before. Do you remember it? I can vaguely remember it, yeah. I think it's she was trying out a new position and wrote the song. <laughs> no, I don't think was, that was the case. The Kama Sutra out. They tried a new position. Uh, and she said, I've never been loved like this before. Oh, that's in, a good lyric. In position 13, yes, yeah, Stephanie Mills. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's horrible. Thanks, Steph. Horrible little song. She could have been a member of the Nolans. That's the kind of song it was. Oh, 
I'd go get me started on the Nile and they go, all right. <laughs> oh, you're kidding, aren't you? Um, go on. <laughs> now, you've got to tell the Nile. What's the Nolan story? Oh, well, in my, in my countdown play, yeah. the Nolans come out, but I've only got three girls. So I got one of the guys to be the fourth Nolan. I was going to say there was four in the, in the band, yeah. Yeah. Well, when he first came out, his dick was so big oh, that all you could see was his dick bulging through the outfit, and it was to the point where you didn't notice the choreography or the singing or anything. So I had to get him to strap it down a bit oh. so that you'd only notice the bulge about halfway through the song because oh. it was good to see the Noel. All the, the fourth Noel's got a dick, which is always <laughs> a good laugh for the audience. But you don't want him to see it as soon as he walks out. You've got to sort of about halfway through the song. So that's my Nolan story. Right. I can't believe it's not Countdown. Coming soon to a, a, a performing theatre near you. That's right. It is. Buy tickets. It is. It is. <laughs> have you got the same – well, I've got to ask the obvious question. Have you got the same person playing the fourth Nolan sister? Yeah, we're strapping it down oh, again. Thank you. Um, all right, finally, give me a number. Yeah, I wish I was the fourth Nolan sister. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Greg Norman's playing the role of the fourth Nolan sister, but anyway. Um, Joel Garner. Okay. Um, I want to hear Rene Gayer. Is that number 17? <laughs> no, no. Uh, all right, number 17. Uh, I told Brian not to pick it because he won't remember it, and I don't remember the song, but you know the person very well. Karen Knowles was at number 17 with Why oh, Won't... Nolsey. <laughs> with Why Won't You Explain. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I can't remember the song at all. Um, I remember Karen, she had a little dimples. Yeah, she married, didn't she marry Darren Gatchy? No, that was the other one. That was. Oh, she's, in the, she's in the speakers for a while. I think she was the original singer of um, I Am You, uh, We Are Australian. Oh, there you I go. Think Judith, I think Judith had bugged off for a bit. Yep. And they brought Nolsey in and she sang. Nolsey. I think that's the first time she's ever been referred to as Nolsey that I'm aware of. Well, she was Nolsey before Nolsey was Nolsey. Oh, right. Well, of course. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah. With no, I'm going to go with number eleven, uh, and it is oh Jonah Louis. Stop the cavalry. Remember that? Yeah, good song. Yeah, that was one of those talking songs, wasn't it? Yeah, Bernard Curry did it at the Three X Y show. But no. Three months ago. Oh, Good. well, because I reckon that might be why Stephen Raitman's picked this, because I'm just looking at the number one song was one of the songs that I remember you sang <laughs> at the last 3XY chart show. Oh, don't tell me it's out of me. Yeah, it is. Oh, uh, yeah, I did sing that. Yeah, so there, and the, but this is the Australian Top 50 singles. It's not actually a radio station one. So give me another oh, number. Okay. Give me another number, Finey. Number eight. Number eight? Oh, I reckon you can sing this one, Finey. Number eight. Eddie Rabbit, I love a rainy night. Yeah, he's all right, Eddie. Lisa, are you always used to confuse Eddie Rabbit and Eddie Money. Yeah, me too. Well, Eddie Money was a former. Eddie Money's now deceased. Um, he's um, he was a former uh, New York City policeman. Yeah, I think Doris Day's doing an Eddie Money tribute show. <laughs> Who sent him this top forty? Stephen Raitman. Is that R A I T M A N? That's him. I reckon he's a former policeman as well. Oh, there you go. Oh, we've got a record deal then. Probably. All right, Brian, give me another number. Don't say 20. Oh, all right, I won't. I'll say 34. 34 is, oh, yes, one of the songs we talked about on this podcast many, many moons ago, 
as a song that I remember you and Rowan hated. It was, right. oh, and I reckon you can sing it, Brian. Ready? Right. Benny Mardones, Into the Night. Into the Night. No, that, Is that it? No, no, no. That's um, that's uh, George Benson. Give me the night. George Benson, you're singing this. Yeah. Ah. No, Benny Mardona's I'll take you into the night. Really big. Da, 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 da. Yeah, really big. Yeah, big, I know big the one. Yeah. Is that she was only sixteen? Leave yeah, that's her it. Alone. That's it. That's a really. Warped song, isn't it? She's only 16, leave her alone. Well, that's a good oh. thing. <laughs> that's, that's, it's better than to say you'll call me up when you get yeah, out of school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew Dragon had read her ugly head in there somewhere. All right, let's, yeah. uh, I'll give you the top 10. Uh, number 10 was Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Go, boobs. Number nine, K. Sarama Vida, If You Should Go by the Gibson Brothers. I cannot remember that to save my life. No. Finey? No idea. No. Number eight, Finey mentioned, I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rebert. Number seven, Brian Mannix will now sing this because it's one of his favourite songs and one of his favourite bands. It's Dr. Hook, The Wild Colonial Boy. Number six, Rapture by Blondie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good song, good song. Number five, uh, this will be – well, you mentioned why this would be right up there at the top, Brian, earlier. Woman by John Lennon was number five. Yes. Good God, Dr. Hook had two songs in the top ten. Um, number four was Dr. Hook, The Girls Can Get It. What a song. <laughs> Girls can get it any time they want, or whatever it is. Mm. Girls can get it any time they want it. Gee whiz, better writing that today. Uh, not, not many people. Number three was Sheena Easton, nine to five. My baby gets the morning train. Remember that one, Farney? So we had two nine to fives in the top ten. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah two Dr. Hook songs and two nine to fives. Good. Wow. Good call. Uh, number two, uh, Australian classic, The Swingers, Counting the Beat. Yeah, music. Was that used for a Kmart or one of those department stores used that song? Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, and number I can't one, remember what for. Yeah, neither can I. I think it was their... Yeah, th- their books are in the power department. Pounded the meat, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Pounded the meat. <laughs> and number one, as we mentioned, was Ant Music by Adam and the Ants. So there you go. Go on, Brian, sing it. Well, I'm plugged the jukebox. Oh, it's just awful. Yep. It's just awful, that song. Stephen Raidman, thank you for sending that in. Appreciate that. Send your charts in so I don't have to buy $10 ones off eBay so as we can uh, do Chart Attack again next week. So shoot them through to us on our Facebook page. Thank you, finally. Thank you, Brian. It's been lovely as always to catch up and to have a have a good week. Hope your footy teams go well. Yes. Thank you, yeah, and just one, one last one. Mm-hmm. On circumcision, the best wallet I ever got was a circumcision... Skin wallet. Right. Yeah, because when you needed to, you could rub it and then turn into a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we shall bid you farewell from rock and roll. See you, boys. Bye bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>